chapter 4. Lamentations chapter 4. As we approach this book, we think about uh, lamentations in general. Uh, lamentations were prayers uh, to God. Uh, and really what they, they all kind of have this, a similar structure where we, we kind of bring our request or our complaint before the Lord. And then at the end, there's a time in that lament to, to pivot and put our trust back in uh, the sovereign King of Kings and Lord of uh, Lords. We're in Lamentations chapter 4. Uh, I'm just going to begin in prayer and then we'll study God's Word. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would just use your word tonight to strengthen and edify your church. What a great privilege it is to stand before the people that I love, uh, that you have allowed me to be uh, their shepherd, to be their overseer uh, by the Holy Spirit of God. This church that you purchased with your own blood. God, I pray that they would see the glories of your word tonight. I pray that they would have their hearts lamenting over their own sin, lamenting what they see happening that is sinful in our nation. But God, I pray that they would be reminded of the hope of the gospel of Christ, that, that our punishment has been accomplished because our Savior went before us. So God, I pray now that you would strengthen and edify your church. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Lamentations really is, is really five laments that this writer brings before the Lord. We don't exactly know who wrote this book. We, we, many believe that it's Jeremiah. That's why it's, uh, you have uh, Jeremiah, and then you have Lamentations before um, the next book. Let's just dive right into the, to the text tonight. Lamentations chapter 4, verse 1. How the gold has grown dim, how the pure gold is changed. The holy stones lie scattered at the head of every street. The precious sons of Zion, worth their weight in fine gold, how they are regarded as earthen pots, the work of the potter's hands. And this is the beginning, this, this change, that which was uh, of gold has grown dim. Many think that it's probably dust covering over the gold. Um, the stones are, are lying at the head of every street, really kind of that sin and destruction has ravaged the entire city of Jerusalem. The sons of Zion, worth their weight in gold, that precious fine gold, are regarded as earthen pots, meaning they are scattered and broken throughout the city. Verse 3, even jackals offer their breasts, they nurse their young, but the daughter of my people has become cruel, like the ostriches in the wilderness. Ostriches would, would run away from their eggs like many uh, mothers during this time. They would run away from their children. They wouldn't nurse them. Even the wild jackals do that. But here, during this day, the destruction was so bad and horrible that they would not even feed their own young. We see that in verse 4. The tongue of the nursing infant sticks to the roof of its mouth for thirst. The children beg for food, but no one gives them. I've said this much when we've been talking about this book, but you know, when you read this, you should be shaken. We should be visibly affected when we see the destruction of Jerusalem. We should be shaken when we see the destruction of a holy God against sin. 
And we should look forward and meditate on the destruction that God will bring upon this earth for all those who don't know Christ. And our hearts should be stirred and broken to have us turn from our own sin and turn towards those who are sinning that they would find Christ. Verse 5, those who once feasted on delicacies perish in the streets. Those who, who were brought up in purple, the royalty, embrace ash heaps. There's this great reversal. Those who trusted in, in their wealth and in their, um, in their delicate food are brought to nothing. For the chastisement of the daughter of my people has been graded in the punishment of Sodom, which has, was overthrown in a moment. No hands were wrung for her. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed in an instant with sulfur falling down from the sky. And it says that the punishment here is, is greater than the punishment of Sodom because here it's not momentary, it's not instantaneous, it's prolonged, it's painful, it's ongoing. Verse 7, her princes were purer than snow, whiter than milk. Their bodies were more ruddy than coral. The beauty of their form was like sapphire. Now their face is blacker than soot. They are not recognized in the streets. Their skin has shriveled on their bones. It has become as dry as wood. The effect of starvation. Happier were the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger, who wasted away, pierced by the lack of the fruits of the field. If you ask someone how they choose to die, they would say, do it quick and instantaneous. That's an act of honor. Wasting away was an act of bitter judgment. And nothing could be seen even more heinous than verse 10. The hands of compassionate women have boiled their own children. They became their food during the destruction of the daughter of my people. Verse 11. The Lord gave full vent to his wrath. He poured out his hot anger and he kindled a fire in Zion and consumed its foundations. Now remember that all of this destruction was brought by the Lord and it was brought by the Lord because of the sin of the people. Sin grows. And if you don't deal with your sin, it will continue to grow and it will eventually destroy your life. Or here, it will destroy a nation. God's wrath is always just and right. Verse 12. Why could this happen? Well, it says right here, the kings of the earth did not believe, nor any of the inhabitants of the world, that foe or enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. They thought there was no way an enemy could attack God's people because we serve the almighty, powerful God of heaven who destroyed the Egyptians with the plagues and the, the Red Sea falling on top. No one can, can touch us. So you know what the people did? They used that as an excuse for sin. Many Christians do the same. Well, God's going to forgive me so why don't I just continue to sin? God will not be mocked. 
That's what you see here. God was not mocked. He brought his destruction upon those who chose to reject him. It says this was for the sins of her prophets and the iniquity of her priest who shed in the midst of her the blood of the righteous. What's happening here is that you have these priests and you have these prophets who see sin happening, but they say nothing. How many of us see people in our own lives sinning, doing things that would bring anger to the Lord, and we say nothing? What it says here is that those who say nothing are, are accountable. They're part of the sin for not rebuking. Far be it for, for, for this pulpit, for this church, never to confront sin when we see it. Let it never be so. We can't be comfortable in our sin. And yet, it's hard to bring a, a, a hard word towards a church, reading through lamentations and reading through this destruction. Sometimes it's hard to speak. And yet, if we don't talk about the horrors of sin, we will run after sin. And we will be destroyed in this life and eternally in the life to come. Verse 14, they wandered blind through the streets. They were so defiled with blood that no one was able to touch their garments. This was happening to the priest. Those who, who did not speak of the defiling of their people became the defiled themselves. Away, unclean, people cried at them. Away, away, do not touch. So they became fugitives and wanderers. People said among the nations, they shall stay with us no longer. The Lord himself has scattered them. He will regard them no more. No honor was shown to the priests, no favor to the elders. Our eyes failed, ever watching vainly for help. In our watching, we watched for a nation which could not save. This one I was preparing, this, this verse kind of stuck out at me. Uh, what it's talking about is, is Israel was, was looking, Jerusalem was looking for Egypt to come and save them, to come and rescue them from Babylon. This is their eyes failed, ever watching vainly for help. Who's going to help us? Who's going to come? And watching, we watch for a nation which could not save. And, and I wonder how many people in our day are watching and looking for our nation to come for help, a nation that cannot save. The only one that can save is Christ. It's the Lord. And yet we're, we're hoping and we're trusting in things of this world, not in the, in, the, in the Lord. They watched. They longed for a nation to come to their aid, but that nation could not save them because God had decreed his justice. Verse 18 they dogged our steps so that we could not walk in our streets. Our end drew near. Our days were numbered, for our end had come. Our pursuers were swifter than the eagles in the heavens. They chased us on the mountains. They lay in wait for us in the wilderness. You can just see this destruction. But right here at the end, you see this, this, this glimmer of hope. In the midst of this destruction, this chaos, and this response of God's justice towards sin, you get hope. And this is just how the Bible speaks. You read through the prophets, and what do you see? You see judgment, 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 hope. Judgment, judgment, 
judgment, mercy. That's what you see here. You see God's judgment all over this passage, and then we read these last few verses. The breath of our nostrils, the Lord's anointed, who has captured in their pits, of whom we said under his shadow we shall live among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, you who dwell in the land of Uz. But to you also the cup shall pass. You shall become drunk and strip yourself bare. The punishment of your iniquity, O daughter of Zion, is accomplished. He will keep you in exile no longer. But your iniquity, O daughter of Edom, he will punish. He will uncover your sins. This is a fascinating uh, ending right there. Let's just go back to the verse 22 and then we'll work our way up. In verse 22, it says, the punishment of your iniquity, O daughter of Zion, is accomplished. Meaning that all the, the, the pain and all the, the judgment that has come upon Jerusalem is now complete. It is accomplished. So historically, at that time, it was the time for the people of, of Jerusalem to start building themselves back. It says right here is that you will no longer be kept in exile. You'll be kept in exile no longer, meaning that you're going to be restored. You're going to be brought back. But why? Why are they brought back? Why is the, the judgment accomplished right there in verse 20? This is the breath of our nostrils. The Lord's anointed, the, the king. Well, he was captured in the pits of whom we said under his shadow we shall live among the nations. Well, beloved, the reason why our punishment is accomplished is because the Lord's anointed, Jesus Christ, was captured, was beaten, was hung on a cross facing the wrath of God for sinners. And he took every last drop. And at the end, what did he say? It is finished! It is finished! Your punishment is accomplished. It's been paid for. Beloved, I rejoice that we have a God who did not stay in heaven but came after us to live and to die in our place, taking our wrath, taking our punishment, the punishment that we deserve so that we could do what? We could be exiles no longer. We were, who were once exiles and aliens, the covenants of promise, God says, you now can come in because your punishment is over. Beloved, I pray that we would, would live our lives to help others know of this great Lord's anointed, the righteous one, the Lord Jesus Christ, who took our punishment, who was captured for us so that we could go free. And by going free, it means that we don't go free living in sin any longer because we see what sin does. We see its destruction. We see its judgment. We see its torment. But, oh, God has promised us freedom. He who has the Son is free. Oh, yes, free indeed. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for the great privilege of knowing your word and knowing Christ who sets us free.
We pray if anyone here tonight is not free but caught in their sins, I pray, God, that they would hear this, that their punishment is accomplished in Christ, that they can be in exile no longer, but they could be freed from their sin and be a child of the beloved. God, we thank you that you sent Christ for us. You sent your spirit to live in and with us, and you have promised to carry us home. Lord, we long for that day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we do.